So I was watching the, the Today Show uh, about a week ago, and they were doing New Year's resolutions, and, and they had kind of a family feud top five. They left off uh, losing weight and exercising. Like, all right, that's everybody's. Now let's push that aside. Uh, top five resolutions. These are very, very practical, simple, doable resolutions. So we are going to do this kind of family feud style uh, we're going to say number five, and it's going to pop up, and then we all kind of in that droning voice read it out, out loud, you know, like, oh, I'm trusting that you're going to do this with me. <laughs> all right, so coming in at number five, John. Keep your car clean. Oh, you guys got it. Keep your car clean. Number four. Number three, and mean it. Number two, and the number one resolution for 2023. That's a good list. So whether or not you're a, a resolution person, here's one that you may want to borrow and use for yourself. Uh, this morning, we are going to look at a passage of Scripture. I, I couldn't resist the, the theme of resolutions. I just It was like this magnet that was pulling me towards it. Uh, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that I think serves as a, a resolution for the church, a, a resolution for all of us together to pursue. Uh, first, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we pray that you would use your word this morning as yeast to our soul. We pray that through the, the power of your spirit and your word, you would do a work of transformation in our lives. Sanctify us by your truth. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our passage comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. I have a, a distinct memory of this passage, Clint. Uh, I remember as a church, we memorized this like eight or nine years ago. And I started every service off by calling on someone to recite it. And, and Clint, I remember calling on you for this passage specifically. I won't do it again. But that, that's one of those things like, Memorization is one of the things that, that I try and make part of my uh, spiritual exercise, my spiritual practice, but it's one of those things that if you, you stop, it goes away. And, and so it was a, kind of a reminder to me as we came back to this verse, like we need to continually keep these things in front of us. So here it is, Hebrew 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us, in parentheses, resolve to, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So the image, the, the metaphor, the analogy that, that the author is giving is that of a, a stadium that is filled with people around kind of a, a, a track, a, a running track. And all those in this stadium are the people who have gone before us. People who have trusted in Jesus Christ, people who have finished the race, and who have now inherited their eternal reward. And now they are in heaven, kind of in this heavenly stadium that surrounds us. And they're looking down upon us, this great crowd of cheering spectators. Now, the, word, the reason Hebrews 12 begins with the word therefore is because in Hebrews 11, it lists a lot of who those people are. And, and a lot of these names are, are people that uh, have instant name recognition. People like Noah. Noah's in the stadium right now looking down on us saying, go. Abraham. Sarah. Isaac. Jacob. Joseph, Moses, Joshua, and the list goes on and on. It's a long list, and included in that list is not just the people that we all instantly know, but there are people in the, in the stadium that we have no idea who they are. But they're people just like us. People who ran their race, and when they were running the race, they had all kinds of challenges. Things that confronted them, things that they had to overcome. And they persevered, and they crossed the finish line. And they are now in heaven enjoying their, their eternal reward, and they're cheering us on. They know the joy that is set before us because they've crossed the finish line. They've crossed the finish line. They know what is on the other side. They would say to us, if you could see what we see, every earthly hardship, Every bit of suffering, every trial from their heavenly vantage point is light and momentary. If they could cross the threshold from heaven and come down to us here on earth, there's no doubt that they would say, keep running. Don't quit. It is all so very worth it. It's almost like we have a heavenly home field advantage. We're in this stadium and all of heaven is rooting us on. Now we all know that there's other voices. There are some voices that are not as friendly. There is some opposition. There are voices that are, are working to discourage us. While there's all of these voices exhorting us, encouraging, there's also these voices that are trying to, to break us down, get us to give up. Just quit. Give in to your resignation and your cynicism. So part of our daily battle in 2023 is to decide which voice am I going to listen to? Because both are speaking. Got all of these voices saying, go, run. And then we've got these voices saying, it's not worth it. Just give up, quit, throw in the towel. 
consider this, the day is going to come when as we persevere and we cross that finish line, we're going to be part of that great cloud of witnesses. We're going to join that, that group that is looking down and cheering on the people who are alive, our, our descendants, those who are coming after us, and we're going to be cheering, go, run. But right now, we're in the race. We're the ones who have to run. I don't have a lot of experience with, uh, I have no, no experience with competitive running. I have a little experience with running, no experience with competitive running. But what I, I do know, or at least what I think I know, is that running is a, a fairly solitary activity. Like, nobody can run for you. I've cheered from the bleachers, and I've said silly things like, run faster, Sam as I stuff my mouth with popcorn, like all he has to do is, oh, why didn't I think of that? I'll run faster. <laughs> People can cheer and encourage and clap, but nobody can run for you. With every single stride, there's something that has to happen in your brain that says, I'm going to take another stride, and another stride, and another stride. I have run on a, a treadmill now and then, and, and there always comes that point where it gets hard where that, that battle is real because on the treadmill there's this red button that says stop. And the battle is internal. is like, I know all I have to do to make this pain go away is just reach down and push the stop button and it's all over. But I don't want to push the stop button. I want to finish the workout. It's such a good metaphor for the Christian life. Jesus didn't come and say, I promise you an easy life. He doesn't invite us to take the, the path of least resistance. He calls us to do hard things. He is calling us in 2023 to do hard things. Things like this. Love your neighbor. Like practically. In 2023, make it a point to love your neighbor. I guarantee that's not always going to be easy. It's going to be inconvenient. How about this? Forgive one another. In 2023, he's calling us to forgive one another. Serve. I came not to, to be served, but to, to serve. And, and now I call you to follow my example. Or this. Be generous. Practice sacrificial generosity. Deny the lusts of your flesh. Those things that, that we've been saying yes to that we know are not good for us, that are not helping us. Say no. Deny your flesh. Slay your pride. Practice humility in 2023. Resist temptation. Practice faith. Take some, some risks. Step out in faith and do some things that, that you don't know how it's all going to play out. Exercise courage. Most importantly, follow the Spirit's lead. Whatever the Spirit is leading you in 2023, let's say yes. Now, there's this button that says stop. In 2023, it 
every single day we've got the red button there and it says stop and there are voices that are telling us push the button it's a lot like the the serpent in the garden you know did god really say you will not you won't die for he knows that if you eat of this your eyes will be open it's going to be wonderful we've got these voices that are telling us that that if we just push the stop button there is this whole world of of just wonderful things that that we'll experience why endure hardship why endure discipline push the stop button again every day we need to decide what voice are we going to listen to so running is a, a solitary activity the interesting thing about this passage from hebrews 12 is that god uses pl plurals to address us as runners it doesn't seem like he's addressing one runner but he's addressing all of us as a team of runners you might say that he's addressing us as a church nobody can run the race for you but people can run the race with you nobody can run for you but we can run together in other words we don't have to run alone in fact we are not called to run alone as a church we're called to run together and so the the author gives us three exhortations which we're going to call resolutions resolution number one let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles now that that's a, a great verse to consider from a, a personal standpoint you know the things that entangle and trip you up and god is calling us let's learn to to throw those off but today we're going to think about this corporately what are the things that that hinder us corporately what are the things that that trip us up as we're running together and we could we could spend all day on on just that question so i've just picked out two two things from my vantage point that that trip us up as we run together and the first is not a surprise and that is division division when jesus prayed for the the future church he was praying for his disciples and then he prayed for all those who would believe because of their testimony testimony it's not by a mistake that he he prayed that we would be brought to complete unity this jesus said will serve as your witness to the world they will know because of our unity our unity in christ serves as our testimony regarding christ think about it this way this world really has nothing that competes with the community of jesus christ there is nothing as radical as the church at least there shouldn't be anything as radical as the church in this world there is no community of people that is more diverse in makeup and yet united in faith the angels were spot on when they came to the shepherds and said we bring you good news of great joy for all people for all people our faith transcends every political cultural economic ethnic 
national boundary and every other boundary that I, I didn't, didn't say. We are not American Christians. We're not African Christians. We're not European Christians. We're not Dutch Christians. We're not Asian Christians. We're not Republican Christians. We're not Democrat Christians. We're not conservative Christians. We're not liberal Christians. We're not spirit-filled, charismatic Christians or reformed Christians. We're not Catholic Christians or Protestant Christians. It's a dangerous thing when we start putting adjectives in front of the word Christian. The greatest division that has ever existed in Christendom is that of Jew and Gentile. There has never been as great a, a, a polarizing factor as Jew and Gentile. And listen to what Paul wrote to the Galatians about that division. He said this, you are all Gentile, Jew, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ. You have clothed yourselves with Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you belong to Christ, and there's someone else who belongs to Christ, regardless of every other factor, you are, they are, part of the same family. So together we are one. Let us throw off division. And I think the second sin that we need to disentangle ourselves from is simply the sin of apathy. Apathy. I looked apathy up on the computer. It says a lack of interest, a lack of concern, a lack of investment. Last week at the, the Christmas sermon, I, I made the case that through Christmas, God speaks to us. And some of the things that God says is, I know, I care, and I'm getting involved. I'm getting involved in your story. We celebrate God's love, that he loved us so much that, that he became one of us for our salvation. He became vulnerable, which really means he became killable by becoming one of us. Christmas has an application. And that is this, we too are called to get involved. As followers of Christ, we're called to get involved, which means we're called to make ourselves vulnerable. Involvement always makes you vulnerable. If you want to get involved in a relationship, it makes you vulnerable. If you want to get involved in a, a business venture, it makes you vulnerable. If you want to get involved in having a family, raising children, it makes you vulnerable. We cannot be the church that God has called us to be by playing it safe from the sidelines. It requires us to get involved, which means we have to get vulnerable. We have a mission. The church has a mission. We have a, a specific mission we say our mission here at Crossview is that one more person might come to know the saving love of Jesus. 
That is a mission that demands every single one of us get involved to reach just one more person. How great it would be at the end of 2023 that there's a, a few people who are part of the family of God because we resisted apathy, we got involved, we loved our neighbor, and God used that to bring one more person into the family of God. Resolution number two, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Every single one of us has a unique race to run. This is where the, the analogy breaks down and the, the track, it's an oval and everyone just runs the same, the same course. But as we run the race, our race is unique. Individually, it's unique. God has made us unique. We have different giftings, different abilities, different families, different friendships, different opportunities, different challenges. We're not called to run someone else's race. We're called to run our race, the race that is marked out for us. And the same is true of us as a church. We have a race that is specifically marked out for us, for Crossview Church. Every church is unique. Our context is unique. The makeup of our church is unique. The way God has chosen to, to use us is unique. So historically, our church has been one that is community-minded. Our church has been one that is family-friendly with a, a special investment in children and youth. That's not all we are, but it's a significant part of who we are. This is the race that God seems to have laid out for us. And there's that red button that says stop. And it's just so easy that, to push that stop button and let apathy take over. Running is not easy. We get tired. We do grow weary. We want to quit. And so let's resolve together in 2023 not to quit. Let's keep running the race that God has marked out for us. Resolution number three, and the most important of them all, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. We are not called to run like a man running aimlessly. We're not called to box like a man beating the air. And we're not called to make it up as we go. We fix our gaze on Jesus. We seek Jesus, we worship Jesus, we imitate Jesus, we walk in his footsteps, we rest in his shadow, we are filled with his spirit. The greatest compliment someone could ever give us as a church is that we are preoccupied with Jesus. I said earlier that nobody can run the race for us, and I don't think that's entirely true. Because it's exactly what Jesus has done. He has run the race for us. He's finished the race. He's won the race. He runs with us. And I have no doubt that more often than we're aware, he's carrying us through this race. So three resolutions for 2023. Let us throw off the things that are hindering us and entangling us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus. 
Those uh, two words, let us, I think grammatically that's called a horatory subjunctive. And it's actually fairly weak. Think about uh, like a, a huddle of football players before the game begins and there's usually one person in the middle who's trying to rally the troops. And, and that, that person is kind of giving a let us speech. Like let us go out and do this, this, and this. But there's only so much power in the let us when the team decides yes. Like the team rallies around and says yes, that is what we're going to do. Let us is an invitation. An invitation which we could all just, you know, good sermon, see you next week. Or we can decide, yes, this is really what we're going to do. We're going to throw off the things that are hindering us. We're going to run with perseverance. We're not going to push that stop button. And we are going to fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us do that. Join me as we pray. Father God, we uh, thank you that you have run this race and that you can uh, identify with us in every way. Lord, you know the temptations that we are up against. You know the sins that, that so easily get us tripped up and you know the, the temptation we have to push the stop button. So we pray that you would fill us with your spirit. Lord, we pray that you would empower us to be the church that you have called us to be. And we do pray, Lord, at the end of this year that we'll look back and we will see your hand of blessing. Lord, help us be faithful and we thank you for your faithfulness even as we go through periods where we are faithless. We pray this all in Jesus' name.